0: How you guys doing today? Good? Awesome. I want to welcome everybody to church today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right. We are uh, getting ready to jump into a brand new series today. Before we uh, get into it, uh, real quick, it is the first of the month, okay? And the first of every month here at Passionate Life Church, Uh, what we try to do is take communion together. And so you should have gotten all-in-one as you came in through the door. If you did not uh, and you wanna take communion with us today, I will make sure that you get one. Uh, We take communion really serious here at Passionate Life Church. And so uh, if you are not a follower of Christ, Uh, We would ask that you would refrain because taking communion is for the believer. It's an opportunity. We don't do it out of religious obligation. We do it out of remembrance of what Jesus did for us, right? It's it's an opportunity for us to examine our hearts. And so it's it's for the believer and not the unbeliever. But in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus, and then you can take communion with us. Come on. And so... Uh, That'll be part of our response time today. Uh, I want to reiterate one of the uh, announcements that Matt had today, and that's the Men's Summit. Um, And I want to encourage all the men, okay, uh, to put that on your calendar, okay, December 18th, 9 o'clock, it's right here at the church. Um, And this is my heart uh, for our, our men in our church, is that our church will only be as strong as the men in this church, okay? And that's nothing... To to take away nothing from the amazing women in in this house and and the passionate women. I mean, the women are killing it already and and the amazing pastors that we have here. That that, has nothing to do with with taking away from the women in in this house. But, uh, man... Our church will only be as strong as the men leading it. And so, uh, man, this is our opportunity to pour into the men of Passionate Life Church. Uh, Man, I want to just encourage you to come. We're going to do some whiteboarding session. Uh, I I want to hear uh, what you're struggling with as a man, uh, some of the groups that that you would desire, uh, some of the help that you need as far as discipleship and getting you to the next step in your relationship with Jesus. And so, uh, man, just come. Uh, This is your your, uh, formal and informal invitation from me to come September 18th, nine o'clock, hang out, meet some new guys. If you're new to the church, it's a great opportunity to meet some new guys, hang out, mingle, uh, and and just hear what other people are are going through in our church. All right. Awesome. Cool. Hey, um, I want to thank Chuck, man, for preaching last week. He did such a great job and and it it always helps me to have that extra week off to just kind of Focus in on what the Holy Spirit is speaking for our church for the next several uh, weeks and and uh, coming into going into twenty twenty two and I'm just want to I, I just want to fire you up for you a second twenty twenty two is going to be the greatest year of passionate life church and of your spiritual journey I'm telling you right now God has so many great plans for us as a church and as I was praying this week as I was praying this week for for this church and over you uh, God said I, and and I, Sometimes I minimize what what the Holy Spirit speaks. And um, he goes, I I want to challenge everybody in, in this next year spiritually. And I said, okay, God, some people, you want to challenge some people, you know? And no, he said, no, 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 all. I've got something for everybody that that will rise to the challenge of, of what God has for us in 2022. Uh, we're gonna be entering into a 21 day uh, season of prayer and fasting. Don't get scared, okay? I'm gonna lead you through it as your pastor. It's gonna be great. Um, this next year will be the greatest year of our lives if it's our greatest year spiritually okay and that's what it's going to be and so uh man we're, we're gonna go into 2022 really strong and so uh, I, I believe that god's got a great series for us uh coming up here called down to earth okay down to earth and today Today's message is a little bit different um, than what you're used to from, from me. Uh, it, there's a lot of information. It, it, I would, if I was gonna category today's message, I would say it falls in the area of, of apologetics, okay? And so, what's apologetics? So you're like, like, what is that? Uh, basically what apologetics is, is being able to explain why you believe what you believe, okay, and being able to tell people, well, this is why I believe, okay? And so today, and, 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 the reason why many of you uh, get offended by me uh, when I preach is, is most of the time, now listen, I offend you sometimes all by myself, okay? And, and I'll own that. Um, but most of the time, most of the time is that we're offended by this, right? We're offended by scripture. And you just don't like the scriptures that I preach, and so you get offended by them. And so um, this is where we need to start. Before we get deep into the weeds, into the series called Down to Earth, When Jesus Came to Earth, um, we need to start with this book first. And so that's where we're starting with today. Um, really, the, the big idea of today's message is uh, why you can believe the Bible is true and Jesus is who he says he is okay like, like th- that's where we need to start today and, and what I love about passionate life church and the people that are watching us online is we are a melting pot of believers uh, we have uh, some people that, man, you're wrestling with your faith today, you're wrestling with your faith, you don't know what you believe, and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know about this Jesus guy, and church, and, and scripture, is scripture really, you know, real, was it really inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit, and and, and then some of you, uh, man, you just need to, to get supercharged today, and understand, man, what a privilege it is that we have a, a book like this, and accessible, and that we live in a free country, where we can come to church, and I can preach the gospel to you and we can own Bibles right like man it is such a privilege and so uh, some of you are just gonna get supercharged and so some of you that have uh, been serving Jesus for a really long time this this message today is really gonna encourage you uh, today you're gonna be really encouraged uh, by Scripture and and man the Jesus that we serve amen awesome come on let's pray Holy Spirit I thank you for this moment I thank you for every single person in this place today God it is not by mistake that they're here So, God, I just ask, Holy Spirit, you'd open our hearts, open our minds to everything that you have in store for our lives this morning. God, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way. God, all of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen Amen. and amen. Uh, Today, where we're going to start, we're going to start with with John 1, 1 through 5 today. And uh, we're we're just going to dive deep into this passage this morning. John says this, in the beginning the word already existed. How is that possible? Okay? That is possible because John is using this word, named word, right, for Jesus. What, what, what he is, he's saying is, is that uh, they're both in and the same, okay? That. In the beginning, Jesus already existed. How did he already exist? Because he always was with the Father. It was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? And he says this, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And so God created everything through Jesus, Okay, Jesus has been there since the beginning with God, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it, okay? And so what John is saying in in this opening of his book is he's saying that this is Jesus. And Jesus is this. Okay, and, and it's when the word became flesh, and when flesh became the word. And so, because this is what we get from some people, and maybe you've you've said this is, is like, well, Jesus never said that. And so, Jesus never specifically mentioned this specific sin. So uh, it's okay that I do it because He didn't specifically mention it. Listen every word in this book is Jesus. And so, whether Moses mentions it, or or Paul mentions it, or or Peter mentions it, it's all Jesus. Okay, We, we can't separate Jesus from this book because it's all Jesus, okay? And, and that's what John is saying, is that moon, he is the Word. The Word became flesh, and flesh became the Word. He always existed, and he gave us this, this book that is inspired by the Holy Spirit for us to live by, not just some parts or just our favorite passages, but the whole thing. And so this is where we need to start today, Okay. That this book is Jesus because there's a tendency for people to be like, Well, I like Jesus, but not the Bible. I like Jesus, but I don't like the church, right? Like the, the, we, we pick and choose the things that we like. You, you can't pick and choose when it comes to this book because it is Jesus, it's God. And yes, this book is, there's some things in this book that are gonna offend you and, and make you feel uncomfortable, right? And, and 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 make you feel less, but that's not the, the point of the book, right? The point of the book is to help lead and guide and correct and 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 disciple our lives to follow Jesus the best we can, okay? And so this is where we need to start today, okay? And so maybe you'd say, well, Pastor, I'm not I'm unsure of scripture. I'm so unsure of the Bible because you know they're a bunch of Jesus's friends, and and they're writing about Jesus, and of course they're gonna write about him in a good light, and and oh, okay, so let, let, let's just take the gospels, okay? Let, let's just take the gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, John obviously was very close friend of Jesus, okay? So let's let's throw that out, let's throw his book out. Um, Mark uh, is actually basically peter's gospel okay so peter was a really close friend of jesus okay let's throw that out let's just look at matthew okay let's look at the book of matthew matthew was not a friend of jesus okay uh when when jesus called matthew and i don't know if you've seen the 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 show the chosen i mean it's an awesome show if you haven't seen it i would encourage you to watch it uh it's just a great great show it gives you uh, a, de- a great depiction of what it would be like to be a disciple and follow Jesus. Um, and, and so I want to encourage you to watch that. Uh, anyways, well, Matthew, nobody liked Matthew. The disciples didn't like Matthew. Um, he was a Jew who was a tax collector and that worked for the Roman Empire, okay? The Romans didn't even like him, okay? They, 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 you know, he was a Jew, and they didn't like Jews. And so nobody likes this guy, yet when Jesus says, follow me, Matthew isn't instantly converted to following Jesus, no. He's, he's following Jesus because he's curious, and throughout, he's writing all of these things down. And we have to understand, as he's writing all of these things down, he doesn't know that it's going to be a book of the Bible. Okay, he, he doesn't know that as he's following around Jesus, and he's writing down everything. He's really just just kind of going through his own spiritual journey following this guy named Jesus to see if it's legit and true. And so when he's writing his book, that's why he's writing all of this information down. Not because he's, he's already a, a follower of Jesus or, uh, you know, he's a Jew, but man, he, his love is money. Like, like that's who his God is at this point in his life. And so he's a skeptic. And so he's writing this book as someone who's a skeptic as he's following Jesus, okay? Let's look at Luke. Luke was a doctor. Luke, Luke is writing his book as though someone who is writing a historic document, okay? It's in chronological order. If you're that type of person, it's like, okay, I need something that goes from beginning to end. Start in Luke, okay? Start in Luke and go all the way through the book of Acts, okay? Because he writes both books and he writes them in chronological order as, as one long historic uh, document, okay, and so he's just writing facts, okay, and even in his book of Acts, he's writing to someone who is not a believer, and he's writing it just to give them the facts uh, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, okay, and so man, so we have even two people who wrote the Gospels, who one who's just a, he's a doctor and he's writing historic facts, and we have another one who's a skeptic in the beginning, okay, and so maybe some of you are like, okay, okay, that's fine, all right, but is there anything else outside of the Bible? Okay, that shows that Jesus actually lived, that shows validity to scriptures, okay, that that shows validity to scriptures, and, and we'll get to... We'll, we'll get to the Bible later, okay? If your issue is is the Bible and you, you don't know if it's 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 completely accurate and you're just I don't I don't know about it, right? We'll get to that at the end today. Um, and I want to show you why the Bible is true. Um, okay, so, so maybe your your hangup is scripture. Like, is there anything else outside of scripture, right, that talks about Jesus? That 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 talks about you know you know things that happened during that period of time? Okay first of all let me just put some facts out about the Bible before we get into outside sources is that the Bible so and in the 90s they did this study okay they did the top 10 most historic books in the 90s okay and the Bible was number one and it wasn't even close okay but source 2 to 10 right sources 2 to 10 the Bible was 11 times more accurate, historically accurate, than all of the other resources from 2 to 10. Okay? And, and, and outside of this, our, our Christian bubble, we're talking about secular historians and archaeologists will tell you, will tell you, that the Bible is the most historic document ever written in history, period. like you can't argue that fact like you you just can't argue that that fact because there's just so much and what's amazing and and I'm, I'm going ahead of what i'm supposed to be doing but uh there's just so many archaeologists continue to find there was they just found something this week they just they just continue to find facts they they, they study the bible and, and they find cities and, and all types of artifacts because of scripture is so historically accurate okay all right let's focus come on you're getting me off track and so I've got six outside sources and what I want as I read these what I want you guys to think about is how much if you had no knowledge of Scripture okay if you had no knowledge of Scripture how much information you would know about Jesus and Christianity without Scripture okay Without scripture, and I picked these six sources. There's actually a lot more, but I picked these six sources because I know that these sources have been vetted uh, by by the historic community. Like, like these guys are legit historians. Um, They're known, factual, known to write historic documents throughout uh, the history. Okay, so I know these guys are legit. Okay, so let's go through these these six guys. Okay, the the first one is uh, Thales. Okay, his name is Thales. And he wrote from 50 to 60 AD. He's a pagan scholar who writes about Jesus, okay? And so this fact was originally recorded by a Samaritan historian named Thallus who was alive at the same time of Jesus. And we're going to get to that in a moment. I think that's really important, okay? He wrote a three-volume history of the first century penetrating the world, which unfortunately no longer exists. But before his writings were lost, he was cited by another ancient historian, Julius Africanus, in 8221, Africanus described Thales' account of what happened during Jesus' crucifixion. He writes this On the whole world there pressed a most fearful darkness, and the rocks were rent <clears throat> by an earthquake. And many places in Judea and other districts were thrown down. So he's talking about uh, when Jesus gave up the ghost, right? When he says it is finished, what happens? Darkness comes over the earth for three hours, and he's actually writing. Man, it was it was fearful. It was man, it was scary. Like the whole earth went dark, and there was an earthquake that happened the same time, and then rocks split open. I mean, like. That sounds just like scripture. Like, like start thinking about how much information you would know about Jesus. Now you know about his crucifixion. Now would you, you would know what happened outside of scripture. Okay, let's continue. Flagon uh, is a historian that lived from 80 to 140 AD. And he actually talks about Jesus and the resurrection. He wrote during the time of Tiberius Caesar at full moon that there was a full eclipse of the sun from the sixth hour to the ninth manifesting that one of which we speak but what was an eclipse in common with an earthquake the rendering rocks and the resurrection of the dead and so great perpetration throughout the universe surely no such event as this recorded for a long time and so he's writing this event uh, of and how he's describing it and, and is that an eclipse happened okay and he's like eclipse happened but Eclipse wasn't supposed to happen, right? Because the, mo- the moon was not supposed to go over to the sun at that moment. And he goes, so how did that happen? And then he's like, then simultaneously, an earthquake happens. The rocks split open and people come back from life like, like how does that happen he's just guys he's just writing stuff that he's heard from other people that eyewitnesses right and he's just recording history of what happened and he's talking about the resurrection of the dead he's talking about an earthquake he's talking about when the sun goes dark for three hours let's go to another one cornelius cornelius tactus is a historian from 56 to 120 ad he writes this and nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations. They were called Christian by the population. They were called Christians by the population. So here Cornelius Tactus writes about the persecution of Nero of Christians, and how horrific it was, how horrific the torture was of Christians uh, during this time. Let's go to another one. Uh, Josephus. Uh, was a Jewish historian from 37 to 101, and, and Josephus actually writes a ton of stuff. He writes a ton of stuff. And so l- let me just give you some context in, into Josephus before we get into this. He's a Jew, okay? He's a Jewish scholar and historian. And Jew, there, there, he is not, there's no reason for him to write about Jesus or Christianity in a good light at all, Okay. Because the Jews did not believe, most of the Jews did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They're actually still waiting for the Messiah to come, right? And and Jesus first came to the Jews, and some Jews converted to Christianity, but then it was the Gentiles. This was a movement of Gentiles, and what is a Gentile? A Gentile is a non-Jew, right? And, and, And so he's a Jewish historian, and so he has no reason to write about jesus or christianity in a good light and so i just want you to remember that okay so he writes this at this time there was a wise man named jesus his conduct was good to be virtuous and many people from among the jews and the other nations became his disciples Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die. And those who had become his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. Jesus' disciples reported that he had appeared to them three days after his crucifixion and that he was alive. Do you see how much information we're getting from sources outside of the Bible? Now you would know that Jesus... His disciples believed that he raised from the dead three days after that. He was a virtuous man, right, that his disciples followed. Let's continue about another another thing that he wrote. Uh, He wrote this in recounting the stoning of James. And so now we're going to find out that Jesus had a brother named James. So he assembled the Sanhedrin of Judges and brought before them the brother of Jesus who was called Christ whose name was James, and some others, and when he had formed an accusation against them as a breaker of law, he delivered them to be stoned. And so here we have the recording of Jesus' brother named James uh, to be stoned to death. Guys, are are, are you understanding? Like, It's just not scripture that talks about these things. There was other outside sources. So what does that allow us to believe it believes that jesus was a real person that came to earth right that had disciples that followed him who he died and a bunch of crazy stuff happened when he was being crucified and that he was raised from the dead three days later that's outside of this guys this is is historic documents that we're reading from here all right I, i don't know i just get fired up about this stuff okay let me read two more to you. Okay, Pliny the Younger lived from 80 61 to 113 and he was an influential lawyer and magistrate of ancient Rome. In a letter he writes this to Emperor Trajan. He wrote this, "The Christians were in the habit, so he's even talking about Christians, were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light when they sang in alternate verses a hymn to Christ." Like that's pretty detailed stuff, right? alternate verses, as to a God and bound themselves by a solemn oath, not to any wicked deeds, but to never to commit any fraud, theft, or adultery, never to falsify their word, nor deny a trust when they should be called upon to deliver it. Up. And so we even, now we even discover some of the things that the Christians believed and how they lived and they would meet together, right? Uh, and, and they would share these virtuous, uh, man, virtuous beliefs. Okay, last one, last one. Sunius was an official secretary of the Roman Empire in 121 AD. And I love that these are different. There's some historians, there's some lawyers, there's some magistrates in here. Um, there's a, uh, an official secretary. He writes this, He writes about the persecution and suffering of the early Christians, okay? And uh, he documents this, that when the Christians were expelled from Rome in AD 49 by Claudius. Because the Jews at Rome caused constant disturbances, at the instigation of Christ, he expelled them from Rome. Nero inflicted punishment on the Christians, a sect given to a new and mischievous religious belief. And so, what I wanted us to see today is how much information lines up with Scripture, historic Scripture, historic facts, right? That line up outside of the Bible. And so what we can concur from this is that Jesus was a real person that existed here on earth, right? Uh, During the time that they, the Bible says that he lived. And not only that, but he had these followers of Christians. He was crucified on a cross, right? And his disciples believed that he rose again from the dead three days later. Like, that's a lot of information, right? Okay? So now let's transition into the Bible, okay? I'm going to give you five reasons this morning, five reasons the Bible is true, okay? five reasons that you can believe that man what we 're reading is true it 's inspired by the holy spirit and, and before I get into my points today, I just want to reference that the Bible is been the best selling book every single year for like ever okay like forever right and, and it's not even and it 's not even close there 's some Five to seven billion copies. That's billion copies of the Bible in circulation today throughout the world. Okay? And and just to give you reference, just to give you reference, um, there's about 800 million copies of the Quran uh, that's in existence. Um, the uh, Book of Mormon, there's about 190 million. Um, the um harry potter series has sold about 500 million copies okay and so just to give you reference to how like it's not even close um and and that that's just something that's supernatural right um that just takes place uh several years ago the bible was banned in china it was completely illegal you could not read the bible if you got caught reading the bible you were going to get put in jail, prison. And uh, the Chinese government discovered um, that 77 million copies of the Bible were being smuggled into their country illegally. They, they just couldn't stop it, right? You just can't stop the movement of, of scripture and Christianity. And so uh, I believe it was a couple years ago, they decided to make the Bible legal and allow 50 million copies legally into the country, right? Because they can't, they couldn't, they literally couldn't stop it. So they at least are like, hey, let's at least tax this baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's at least tax this thing. If they, They're going to read it anyway. They're going to get it anyway. And so, man, that, that's just, man, you cannot stop the word of God because the world, was made flesh right and flesh became the word like this is Jesus you can't stop Jesus you can make it illegal you can torture people you can kill people for it but you can't stop this movement all right you guys keep getting me off (laughs) number one the first reason the Bible is true is it was written very early Why is this important? Because there was eyewitnesses. It's very important that there's literally people that saw Jesus, right, and were there. And so the other really important fact is that if you were trying to create something, if you were trying to create a lie, right, and you're doing it during the period of time that Jesus lives or shortly after, right, people would be like, no, that's not true, that's a lie. And so the story was vetted by a lot of different people that were eyewitnesses, okay? If you were going to make something up, you would do it outside of the region, okay? So it was done, it was written inside of the region, inside of Jerusalem. It was written in the region. If you were going to create a lie, you would do it outside of the region, and you would do it way after everybody was dead, right? But instead, the Bible was written very early during the time that Jesus lived, and shortly after, and and, and so this, man, this legitimizes it because it's been vetted by eyewitnesses, okay? Number two, number two, the second thing reason that the bible is true is multiple collaborations of different kinds of evidence i think this is really important to understand that it just wasn't eyewitnesses but it was eyewitnesses with similar accounts okay similar accounts and we just saw that from other historians it it's similar right it, it's a sim, it's a similar historic account okay there's historic dates that line up with other historic dates um this is how uh archaeologists have put together some um different uh different kings and and princes that 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 have served over different regions and so they've aligned it up with historic dates with with other historic dates and then archaeologic accounts that have been discovered and and they're just being discovered all of the time um they've uh, a couple weeks ago, we I preached on the walls of Jericho. They've actually found the walls of Jericho. Okay, they they actually found them. They found the city of Jericho. They've dug it up, and they actually said that that the walls were were, were like flattened like a ramp. Okay, they they were just flattened down like a ramp, and 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 they found um, whole jugs of grain as those like somebody burnt the whole city down, right? And that's exactly what the Bible talks about. And so archaeologists have found all of this data, right? And they found all of this stuff that aligns up with the biblical account, okay? Second thing, the third thing, the third thing of why the Bible is true, the story hasn't changed. The story hasn't changed in 2,000 years, Right, like you can tell a, a an occult. Okay, uh, occults change their story. Right, they they morph their beliefs all of the time. Christianity does not do that. The story has stayed the same for two thousand years. The book has stayed the same for two thousand years. Right, like like scripture is, is is scripture. Have you guys ever done uh, the game called Telephone? You, you ever do that game right um and there, there's a new game where it's it's uh where you draw right you draw a picture and then you hand it to the next person and they draw the picture and and by the time it gets to the last person they try to guess what the picture is right and so if you've ever played the game telephone with like like 30 people right and, and you whisper a phrase right i like to eat lollipops right okay you whisper it to the next person, right? And by the time you get to the end, right, it, it, you know, and they repeat the phrase, it's like, monkeys ride elephants. <laughs> You're like, what? what uh, right? We can't even do, we, we can't even keep the same sentence structure similar in a five-minute game called telephone with 30 different people. Yet, this thing has lasted for over 2,000 years, and it's the same story over and over and over and over again. Yes. Which validates that this has somehow been supernaturally written and has lasted Year after year after year as the best-selling book. Why? Because God wrote it. He wrote it for his people. And that's why there's almost, almost a Bible per person on this planet today. Almost. Because he wrote it for his people. That's why it'll never go extinct. Okay? Because the word became flesh. All right, number four, number four. It's probably my favorite one. Okay. It's probably my favorite point. Fourth reason why the Bible is true. The authors lacked bias. Okay, this is really important to know. And um if you know Lee Strobel, he wrote the book called Case for Christ, and he was an atheist, and he was a detective, and he literally just put the story of Jesus and Bible under a detective lens okay there's another guy who's an atheist his name is um j warner wallace he did the same thing okay he he used to work cold cases and, and so he was an atheist and he said okay i want to prove that jesus never existed i wanted to prove that the bible isn't true both of them did that and so they they run it's very interesting as detectives they they run different cases through really three motives of why a person would have a motive to do something and so what both of them have said is like okay did the authors have any reason to lie okay when someone commits a crime they have to have a reason to commit a crime right so when someone has a bias it comes down to three motives this is what they said it comes down every crime comes down to three motives every lie and every bias comes down to three different motives and the three different motives are financial greed Sexual or relational lust or power. That's it. They say sex, money, power is the three things of why people would lie or commit a crime or have a bias. Okay, so let's run, let's run, let's just run the disciples through these three areas. Okay, let's just run the disciples through these different, these three different areas. Okay, let's start with Peter. Okay, Peter was married, okay, and had a home. Okay, and so. And, and, and here's the thing, nowhere in scripture or any other historic document do we know that the disciples had just like a posse of girlfriends following them around, okay? And listen, if it would have been true, it would have been in scripture. Right. Guys, there's some really an em- embarrassing things in this book about people. Yeah. You know, David is in heaven, King David's in heaven, and he's just like, Jesus, really? My affair, right? You know, I mean, like... My murder? You really had to put that you're necessary to put that in there? It's like, yeah, absolutely. And, and right, like, like there's some really, like, if you're writing a book to, like, try to get people to a movement, right, you're not going to write about people's affair and killing people, right? Like, and, and so if, if it would have been true, and then we would have had all the resources, too, like, man, Peter, just, just, Man, had all of these, you know, chicks following him. Like, like none of them had girlfriends. Okay, and so, and so we 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 can we can check that one off. That that was not their motivation. Well, well, well how about money? How about money? Okay, here's the thing. All of them die broke. Okay, so like nobody's like, you know, because Jesus was homeless. Okay, like like. He, he, he didn't have a home. And that's what he kind of told the disciples. Like, and so they're, they're not being motivated by girlfriends. They're not being motivated uh, by money. Well, maybe they're being motivated by power. And we can check that one off because of the way they died. And I want to read you the way each of them died. Peter was crucified upside down because he says he, did, he didn't want to be crucified the way Jesus was because he wasn't worthy. And so they crucify him head down. Guys, this is historic fact. In Rome in 66 AD. Andrew, his brother, was bound to death in 74 AD. James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded in Jerusalem by a sword. John was banished to the island of Patmos in 96 AD. Uh, They first tried to boil him in in oil, oil. to death, that didn't work. Instead, they, they put him on a, a, a deserted island. Um, that didn't kill him either. But um, Philip was crucified at Harapol in Phrygma in 52 AD. Bartholomew was beaten, didn't die, then crucified, didn't die. Then they had to behead him. He was, he was, a, tough, he was a tough old boy at 52 AD. Thomas was run through by a lance at, at Corhandel in East Indies in 52 AD. Matthew was slain by a sword in the city of Ethiopia in about 60 AD. James, son of Alpheus, was thrown, thrown from a pinnacle. I don't, I don't know if it was like a building or, or a mountain. Okay, he's thrown off, right? He doesn't die. Okay, he doesn't die. They, the, the, the mob runs down and then beats him to death in, in 60 AD. Thaddeus was shot to death by arrows in 72 AD, and Simon was crucified in Persia in 74 AD. And so we, we look at all of these disciples. They die without girlfriends, <laughs> with no money, and with no power. And so you, you look at these guys and they're like, man, why would you give up your life if you don't get any of those three? They must have decided in their heart that this thing was bigger than themselves and worth dying for. That's the only way you get to that conclusion, that it was bigger than themselves, that it was supernatural, and that their eternal rewards were greater than the rewards that they would receive on earth. And let's just really quick, let's look at the, the life of the Apostle Paul, right? The Apostle Paul actually had all of that before he became a Christian. He had it all. Power, money, fame. I'm sure he has some girlfriends following him around, right? Like he was a good catch. You know what I'm saying? Like he was popular. Yet he gives it all up to do what? To be beaten, to be stoned, to be made fun of, to be imprisoned, and to eventually be killed. It doesn't make sense if he doesn't believe that this thing is bigger than himself. Last one, the fifth one, fifth reason why we know the Bible is true. It matches and explains reality. It matches and explains our reality, where we came from, Adam and Eve, right? What's our purpose? Our purpose and our identity is a son and daughter of the king, right? Our purpose is to live for Jesus, to shine the light, to be the light, right? It, it explains our reality. It gives answers to almost everything that we, we struggle with, right? And, that's, and we're going to talk about this more in the series. Like This is why Jesus comes in literal flesh. He puts on a flesh suit. Why? So he can know exactly the things that we're going through because he's such a personal savior. There's nothing that we go through in our lives. That Jesus doesn't understand personally of what we're going through. He's that personal God. And Scripture matches and explains our reality. Today, I, I, want, I want to encourage you today. If you're on the fence or, or whatever, Jesus says, Seek and you will find. This is what Jesus knows. If you truly seek, 10 out of 10 times, you will find Jesus. 100 out of 100 times, if you're truly seeking the truth, if you truly read this this, this, this scripture with, with an open heart and an open mind, you will find Jesus every single time. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes today. Maybe you need to find Jesus today. Maybe you're honest. If you're being honest today, you say, man, I need... Now I've drifted from the truth and I I need to recommit to following Jesus today and following the truth. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Just slip it up. Yes, yes, yes. You can put your hands down. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that you would just repeat this prayer as we all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision in our life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.